Hey, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and today I'm here with George Ortega, Jamie Soden, David Joseph, Felicia Hogan, Alan Morrill, and Trick Slattery. And Felicia Hogan had suggested the topic of free will belief in relation to heaven. So perhaps I, I should turn it over to her and let her um, define what the problem is and what she means by that. Well, I think that the main problem I have with the idea of free will in heaven is that, one, it, it seems to completely defeat the purpose of life and the problem of evil, suffering, the thousands of years worth of history that we've uh, gone through to get here. It, it just becomes completely pointless. If we can have free will and live in a utopia, then why didn't God set it up that way? Yeah. To it make, makes the suffering completely pointless, which makes God seem even more of a sociopath than he already is. Or we don't have free will there, and that's why it's perfect. In which case, what's the point again of being here with free will and all the suffering going on if then he's just going to take yeah. the free will away? Yeah, and considering that free... Yeah, and There's considering no that free point. will is an incoherent concept that can't possibly exist in this or any possible universe anyway, um, it just shows that anyone who who believes that hasn't thought it through very well. Yeah, Felicia, you bring up this is like this is really the only important question ever. I mean, it's the, the important the question of like suffering. In other words, like if there was no suffering, I mean, like everything would be completely perfect and you know no problems for anyone. You know. For, about anything. Now, here's the thing. So, like, Augustine came up with this term free will to defend evil. You know, according to his understandings, God is all good. So, if you can't blame God for the wrong that happens in the world for the evil, then you got to blame human beings. The problem with that is, like, that concept of evil requires free will. You know, in other words, like, or the, the, to suffer, you have to have evil. Evil is what creates suffering. So anyway, like the idea that, like to the extent that the world understands that free will is an illusion, that we don't have any free will, then the question you pose becomes very relevant. Why would God create, you know, a world with suffering? So can we uh, take a step back to um, and actually define the problem of evil for our listeners, um, just so that. I know it's a common argument everyone should hear or have heard it at some point before, but to just kind of give an overview of what that is. Yeah, oh, that's in fact, um, I've read about the problem of evil in so many different books that I think I can do that unless somebody else wants to. Actually, I have it pulled up, um, and a version of this was given to us by Epicurus, who was a Greek philosopher, um, and he called it the Epicurean Paradox. Um, essentially it goes like, is God willing to prevent evil, evil, but not able, then he is not omnipotent. Is he able, but not willing, then he is malevolent. It is he both able and willing, then whence cometh evil. Is he neither able nor willing, then why call him God? Yeah, that, that is, this of course, we We've spoken a little bit about Christianity prior to the show starting, but this really goes for any god who is considered to be uh, all-powerful, uh, benevolent, and all-knowing. So 
it doesn't matter if this is a Christian God or an Islamic God or Hindu, you know, Hindu God, whatever. If, if he has or she has those three traits and you're saying that that God with those three traits exists in this universe – this problem yes. applies. Um, in fact, this this problem of evil is such a popular topic and, and is the major cause for atheism, I've found, um, of what I've heard and read, because the, the re religious people insist that God has to be, you know, omnipotent, all-powerful, but also that God has to be omnibenevolent, which, of course, I'm not sure where they got that because it just shows they haven't read their Bible. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and Georgia Tig has pointed out the part in Isaiah about like that I make peace and create evil, I the Lord do all these things. So it's right in there that God is both good and evil. It's written in there. Wait, what is that? How did I miss that? They did not right. teach me this in my question. I, I, I don't remember the exact chapter and verse, but I'm pretty sure it's in Isaiah. But yeah. I think yeah, Isaiah yeah. 49, 7, I think. Yeah, so it oh, says fun. right in there that God is both good and evil. So, first of all, we know that the omnibenevolence has to be dropped anyway. So, basically, that, that solves the problem of evil by, well, God is, God is, is, is evil and not all good. So, that, that solves the problem. It's just that, well, God is mean sometimes, and you never know which, because, and then it gets into, well, how do you, exactly. He's a sociopath. <laughs> Which is really interesting to me um, when they talk about it. Um, how, how much history have you all looked into as far as uh, Christianity in Egypt? I saw a zeitgeist. I saw a lot of the stuff that's in the yeah. book. Like they copped from previous civilizations. <laughs> there were some things there. and I remember reading a while back, and I, I don't remember where, but they always spoke that the Egyptian gods at the time were both good and evil, right? So each god was kind of a, a flip side of a coin. Um, you never had, say, Horus, who was always good and never bad. Both he and his brother had the ability to be both good and evil, depending on the situation, um, until Christianity came down and created this concept of this omnibenevolent god um, – who then they use to uh, Satan to con contrast against that God. So it's kind of this flip side of the coin, but separating it into two different people, which is kind of, it's an interesting concept when you essentially in the Bible, you have God saying, Hey, look, I created evil too. Absolutely. And yet as time goes on, those two get separated. And now people say, Oh, well, God doesn't create evil. Satan causes it or, you know, well, I mean, that would that would work, too, if they were on equal playing fields. Yeah. But the part where God creates Satan and God is all-powerful, but Satan is not, completely screws <laughs> well, up. Well, yeah, because God, <laughs> that, yeah, that, like, in fact, I had a friend who, who asked, well, if God's all good, then why did, he, why did he create evil by creating Satan, you know? And then here's what they, and here's what the standard apologist answer is, well, Satan used his free will to rebel against God. <laughs> So then, which brings yeah. us to the next question, though. So there can be <laughs> yeah. sin in heaven because we saw Lucifer sin in heaven. If he had free will that <laughs> led him to be able to sin, then there can be sin in heaven. So the promise yeah, of utopia is just a lie. heaven is not heaven anymore. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> yeah. In, it can which, be. Which is which, is kind of an interesting question, too, along those 
the lines, and I've heard Matt Delahani ask this question before, and I, I've always found it curious that, you know, Satan apparently knows God better than anyone, right? So he's Satan has seen God, he's seen Christ, you know, he's had those quote unquote Damascus Road experiences. So how is it then that humanity is incapable today of having those Damascus Road experiences? Because if we did, that would yeah, violate now, our free will. That's a very good point. Oh, that's a good point. So did God violate Satan's <laughs> free will? And, and and God God is omniscient. God knew what Satan was going to do. I mean, how do you right. create a being that, yeah. Right. Well, and one one would assume, I mean, Satan may not be all-powerful and all-knowing, but he should know God well enough that why would he fight against God if God is going to destroy him later in, in the Battle of Megiddo at the end of the world? Like, why would he do that if you he knows what the outcome could be? I'm guessing that Lucifer knows something about God that we don't, seeing as we only have yeah, God's word. Yeah, we need to have him as a guest in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there right? You go. So, so, so essentially, Satan has you know a chest of kryptonite somewhere <laughs> with God's name on it. Wow. Good point. That, but I want to go back to the question about whether or not God violated Lucifer's free will. <laughs> well, you can't because free will doesn't exist. <laughs> well, we're, we're talking theoretically within the constraints okay. of Christianity. So of, of the, the hypothetical that Lucifer chose to rebel against God, what, what, do, you, how, what do you mean to f- Lucifer's free will? Well, you're the one who who said it first, Alan, in that, um, you know, they say that we don't have the writing on the wall and God speaking to people today, except for the people who drown their kids, though. He talks to them. Um, you know, we don't have the quote unquote Damascus Road experiences because that would violate our free will. Apparently any evidence of God's existence would violate our free will. And yet we have Lucifer, who is God's right hand man right-hand angel allegedly has free will because he sinned and if he sinned he must have free will because god's an all-good god so i i don't think that i don't think that he violated lucifer's free will i just think that the notion of having the damascus road experience is irrelevant when it comes to free will so I mean, right. it has so to be that in, one or the other is wrong, right? Right. Well, all right. I mean, guys, so, if we're if we're defining God as om, omnipotent, there's no way that Lucifer can have free will. How could you have God in control of every everything? And right. there, you know, I think I think we're well, talking I about. Think it's, no, going ahead. Okay. I think I, I think we're talking about um, what Christians think regarding free will, and and I, and I think that they think that. If it wasn't for this free will thing uh, happening, uh, basically that they're using that as an, as as the reason why Satan uh, went against God and the reason why uh, Adam ate the apple and and things like that. They're using this free will, and so it's kind of an, an important thing for for them to to lead to this whole uh, sin idea so. so trick trick how would you answer that um relative to that perspective how would you answer felicia's uh, question 
which one? The uh, Felicia's question about like if if um, you know why did God allow um, Satan to do what he did? Is that Felicia? Was that your question exactly, or? Uh, it was if uh, having a Damascus Road experience violates our free will, God not showing himself, uh, or if God showing himself would violate our free will, did God violate Lucifer's free will by having Lucifer know of his existence? Yeah. See, I, I never heard of that one. I've never heard of um, God not showing himself violates the free will. Um, who is saying that? I've seen people say that in videos. I've, yeah, I've, I've seen that across youtube um it's... from a variety of apologists okay because i think most would say that god showed himself to adam and eve yet yet via their own free will they you know adam ate the apple blah 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 even though they knew about god so i, I don't i don't see that so much anyway so instead what it means is that there's no excuse for god not to show himself and show evidence of his existence of course the whole right. thing is silly <laughs> yeah it is it is and that's the double standard. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any real reason, or yeah. I don't think it, there is any effect of God not, of God showing himself. Because um, free, free will at that point is completely irrelevant because it's in both situations. So right. it, it comes down to the opposite of that, of showing or not showing. Yeah. Which and that, one is the way to go. That a lot, a lot of times comes down to this whole God it works in mysterious ways type and of if it's thinking, so... basically. So. <laughs> That we can't know his purpose for not showing himself for us, uh, you know, something to do with faith or something like that. That he wants us to believe in based on faith rather than evidence and things and, like and that. Trick, so trick. It's, it's really absurd. I wanted to respond yeah, to what because... Trick was saying there um, because if they say that God's ways are so mysterious and and His ways are not our ways and we can't understand God's mysterious ways, then why are the Christian apologists in the business of explaining to us God's mysterious ways? <laughs> Right, right, right. And if it is so mysterious, and he has a plan, assuming he has a plan because he is <laughs> mysterious, then how do you make your own choices? Right? You can't. If God knows your beginning, your end, and every midpoint in between, or every milestone in between, then clearly he's already defined your life for you and free will goes out the door. Alan, it, Alan, it even goes beyond that. If God knew a billion years ago, what God was doing today, God doesn't have any free will today. He's locked into that knowledge of what he already knew. Right. Well, of course, that, knowing doesn't necessarily influence the outcome. Right. Yeah, well, actually, Felicia, that yeah. pertained to human beings. But in other words, like another attribute of God is, is he's infallible. So in other words, if he knew something a billion years ago, and then he did something different from what he knew today, he would be violating his infallibility. Yeah, and his knowledge actually, his yeah. his knowledge would be wrong basically. Right. So we can't we can't say that. So yeah, the not, having absolute knowledge does actually is goes totally against the whole idea of having free will basically. So. I, I I'm not sure it does really. Explain that, because that's a good point. A lot of you, go ahead. It, it just, it gets really complicated because it's so abstract. And we also have to take into consideration the part where the Christian God is outside of time, which is nearly impossible to wrap your mind around anyways. Um, so I just, it's it's really difficult to ex explain. But yeah, so the, the thing is, uh, knowing, me knowing that... Alan is going to go eat pizza 
later this week does not cause Alan to go eat pizza later this week. It, it doesn't cause him, but if you know it absolutely that he will eat pizza, just because I know that's what he's he going to decide. He does not have decide. the free will. He will. He doesn't does not have the free will to not eat pizza next week. And again, it's it's so, not so just your knowing. It's it's your knowing and being <laughs> God. The the question the question is though if 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 you know, but, but let's if, let's say there there is a situation. Trick, I, I, I think your microphone is going yeah. haywire. Trick, go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, Alan. Trick, you still there? All right. If somebody can message him, like, can text him. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's see. We might have to. Um, I. Tricky there. I miss, okay. Yeah, I'm still here. So I wasn't talking. It's weird. You you're cutting out part of this time, Trick. But can you hear me? Hello. He's uh, dead, you're... Jim. It's, it's... <laughs> Trick, you're cutting. Back. Uh, we can hear you, but you're cutting in and out. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate oh, you. Am I okay now? <laughs> can you hear me? No. Oh. <laughs> I think the NSA is monitoring us. I, 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 hey, um, <laughs> let's see. I, I had something I wanted to say about the whole pizza incident. Okay. Now, yeah. yeah. Trick, come. <laughs> can, you, can you come off the floor and come back on if you can, Trick? Okay. Um, but, yeah, because I, I wanted to respond to Felicia's example of how she foreknew that Alan was going to eat pizza a week from now or whatever. Okay, here's the deal. Now, let's just suppose that she foreknows that Alan will eat pizza at a certain time and day. And this, this pizza is no ordinary pizza. This is the pizza of knowledge and good, of good and evil. <laughs> okay, <laughs> stay with me. Okay, it's the pizza of knowledge of good and evil. So, to avoid the catastrophe that would, um, that would ensue if Alan Worrell eats this, this evil pizza... Well, then, because she knows he's going to do it, she stops him. She hides the pizza from him or, or, or kidnaps Alan so he can't eat the pizza or something like that. So here's the deal. Her, by her foreknowledge, she violated her knowledge by changing what she foreknew. It, it, it just gets so crazy, no matter how you look at it. Unless... Well, Except of course, of course, you changed what I did based on what I knew. That doesn't right. change knew, what I that's knew. That's the thing is, you what you knew is what would have happened had you not stopped it from happening. <laughs> of, course, so, there, it, of, of course, the most rational just or the most rational response to take that situation is not to stop that person from acting. It is to lock them in your basement for the rest of eternity and ensure that they were tortured. <laughs> For oh, doing what you knew they would do naturally, because a talking snake said, "Hey, you might want to do that." David, David, what's your take on Felicia's question? Um, well, to be honest, I'm going to confess to ignorance on this one. Um, it's uh, it's quite confusing. Uh, I do feel like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, David, if it's uh of any, you know. If anything that anyone is interested in, I actually had pizza for breakfast this morning. So <laughs> just saying. Now, how did you cut that? <laughs> Which I'm wondering, Felicia, what have you been like spying on my computer or something? Because I, I have contacts in the NSA. <laughs> actually, though, I think but it's no, just 
I was just projecting because I have pizza in my fridge and I ate that for lunch right. and for dinner last night. <laughs> See, there's a cause no, for why pizza came up in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm projecting. But I, but I want to talk. I want to go back. Felicia. Oh, can I can I touch on Felicia's point for a minute? Yeah, and trick thing that so, after, after him you absolutely. Um. So, if you have two people, right? So say essentially what we're saying is that if person A knows all possibilities of a situation, right? Whether or not, say, I will eat pizza or steak tomorrow. Right. Right. Now, if person B has the choice to eat pizza or steak, and yet I know which one they will eat, whether it is pizza or steak, that doesn't change the fact of the person acting on that day the question then comes is when that person acts on the day is it possible that instead of eating pizza they will eat steak so could person a know something that has the ability to change later given that there are multiple possibilities that person a could know if that makes any sense Theoretically, God could know all the multiple possibilities, theoretically. And their effects. That with the nature of time would make that impossible for there to be multiple possibilities. So even without God, the nature of time still wouldn't allow for free will. And I'm feeling like this discussion is distinctly lacking in British accent. Once again. <laughs> David, you're on. David, I'm you're back. I'm, I'm, I'm confused by the whole thing. I'm, okay, I'm so, just trying, so, I'm trying to keep up. That's what, so I was thinking, though, that if, if you're confused, there's probably several members of our audience who are confused as well. So I want to hear your questions. Um, okay. Um, well, this is all in relation to the, uh, the problem of free will. And um, so, so God gives people free will, and this allows them to commit acts of evil, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, what you're saying, if, if God knows that people are going to commit acts of evil in advance... And he's kind of failing to, to, to do anything about that. He can't do anything about that. And he's kind of like George said, he's he's stuck with his own with, with his own kind of um, his own will. He hasn't got free will himself yet. He's supposed to give it to other people. It, it kind of sounds a bit like a paradox to me. Kind of logically, it is. It, yeah, it doesn't totally, make sense. It's totally a paradox. It is a paradox. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's what I'm struggling with. This. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, it, I don't understand. So and they, see, actually, you're not any more, you're not any more confused than all of because, us. Exactly. <laughs> right, okay. Saying it doesn't make any sense. If, <laughs> so if, God has, if God has foreknowledge before anyone even existed, <clears throat> what what's going to happen in the future when they do exist? Then this whole idea of free will is is it's absolutely impossible. It can't come about. There's no otherwise situation that could come about because right. God, God would have that foreknowledge before even existence happens. And so. trick then, then the question becomes like, all right, if God has foreknowledge of what's going to happen, then the question becomes, how does He have foreknowledge? And I think the answer to that might be because He yeah. makes it happen. Um, no, because the Bible <laughs> said so. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that... Because he is God. So <laughs> right, done. that's usually how it goes. Oh, because God, because of the Bible. But yeah, um, like what Trick Slatter said is true. That if this 
if this God existed and had this foreknowledge of exactly what will happen at any given time in the future, knows what will happen, well, that cancels out this free will or choice right there. You don't need to even get into the causality, a causality unconscious if you, if you believe in that kind of God. But what's so mysterious is that there's so many multiple ways of refuting free will that will never run out of ways. Yeah, but Chandler, what's interesting is like, yeah, we, we like to deal with like the physics and the logic and the neurochemistry and stuff, but we're dealing with like half of Americans believe in the creation story as opposed to evolution and like, you know. Honey, I don't think it's only oh, yeah. half. Oh, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's closer okay. to 80% at least. It's, it's... No, I think it's 85 yeah. are Christians. 85% yeah. are Christians. But I'm not sure what percentage of the Christians believe in the creation story because yeah, i know my fiance's parents uh do not but they're also like his mom has a phd and i didn't even know before i met her that you could be christian and believe yeah in evolution. I, I don't see how it works <laughs> because i really don't see how you do that <laughs> by not uh, right. the bible basically it, so. it, it, well <laughs> Well, if the whole if God, it must have been revealed through the Holy Spirit or something like that. That's what they say sometimes. <laughs> they they believe so little of Christianity. I don't know exactly why they call themselves Christians. <laughs> right. Uh, what it boils down to. But uh, George, how much time do we have left? Or Chandler, whoever. Uh, yeah, actually, we've got about four minutes. But if this is great. If we want, we can like just Chandler. You can end this session. We'll just jump right into this if you guys want, because this is you know this is very interesting. So, well, I think in order to wrap up the session, I do want to bring it back to um, free will and heaven and discuss shortly and briefly what that means for God. Yeah, and we can we can devote the next uh, the next episode to that also. Absolutely. So should I should I go ahead and wrap that one up? Sure. Okay. Uh, so essentially, what we've gone in a giant circle about and explored several different facets of is that there is no good way for there to be a heaven. There's really not because either it's perfect, and we have free will. In which case, why can't it be perfect here with free will? Which doesn't get God out of the issues of all of his own sins and genocide and the suffering in this world. Or it could be perfect and we don't have free will, in which case, what is the point of this life anyways, if you're just going to take away free will? And all, all, right. all it means is God's a sociopath, guys. That's it. That's all it means. Felicia, here's, here's how I like to see it. I like to kind of like blend the theology with the science. Um, evil, again, like we were talking about before, if there was no suffering, there wouldn't be no evil because evil is really what creates suffering. Now, before there was sentient life on the planet, there was no evil, there was no suffering. There were rocks and chemicals, whatever. So like, so like, at a certain point, evolution, you know, um, this process of evolution evolved beings like, like ultimately us with the capacity to, to suffer. And so that's like where evil came in. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, ideally, 
it would have been great if it didn't happen. But let's let's say we see it as an evolutionary mistake. Let's say like whatever suffering does for animals, like to allow us to like survive and you know pain and all that stuff. Let's say that could have been done in a different way. Then you're right. I mean, there's no there's no excuse for God having like created evil and suffering in the first place, but at least it leaves open the possibility that he made a mistake, and yeah, I guess all right, that he's not, he's not completely fallible, but maybe he could make, get it right the next time. <laughs> well, you know, I think as soon as you make a mistake, you should probably go about correcting it, so I fault him for that anyways. <laughs> And actually, think about it. We're, we're talking for about our time frame. I mean, like, human beings around here, been here for, like, a few thousand years. God's been around for, what, like, trillions, gazillions of years? So, like, he might he might have made the mis mistake, like, last second, and, like, before you know it, it's done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And... Then he's not all Well, yeah, of course, then it gets yes, the whole yeah. thing that God basically has to have always existed. If God exists, then God has to always have existed, because if you say that God has existed for X amount of time, well, then what created God? <laughs> and then it goes on and on infinitely back. Which... Well, which, it just means which that... really... God... It only has to do with the creation of the universe. You can There can still be a God who evolved after the creation of the universe. It just doesn't explain how the universe came to be. Okay, Chandler, you want to wrap it up and we'll just go right into this next next episode? Yeah, or? I guess we, we could do that. Um, well, this has been Free Will, Science, and Religion, and we've got to talk about some very interesting paradoxes, free will being one of those, the idea of heaven being another one of those, and then all, all, all the attributes of God, just so many different um, things that will hurt your brain the more you talk about them. And we... And, and we look forward to doing more of it in future podcasts. Bye. <laughs>